much later. And as I said, literally it was during COVID internship, home, homebound, when I had time to really reflect, I realized that the decisions I was taking in October 2018, going into early 2019, were actually not driven by logic or strategy. They were partly driven by emotion. And the emotion was unfortunately fear. And the fear was acute financial pressure because my float was, I could see my float disappearing weekly. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. To join our community, go to myworstinvestmentever.com and receive the risk reduction checklist that I created from the lessons I've learned from all my guests. And also get my weekly email to help you increase your investment return. In the community, you can also get a super special podcast listener discount on my six-week valuation masterclass bootcamp. The bootcamp is for those who want to learn exactly how to value companies like a pro and advance their career in finance. Just go to myworstinvestmentever.com to join the community for free. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy. And I'm here with featured guest, Joy Abdullah. Joy, are you ready to rock? I'm absolutely ready, Andrew. Your show, let's go. Let's do it. Well, you know, I just have to say that there's no way you're going to go wrong with a podcast with a man named Joy. And I just love that. Now, let me introduce you to the audience. From his 30 years experience in various leadership roles across Southeast Asia, Joy Abdullah learned the importance of people in the success of an organization. And when it comes to giving our attention, people are influenced by the content, technology, and value that a brand communicates. As a business humanizer, Joy helps B2B service business owners, CEOs, and their teams to create emotive impact and influence using organic marketing. My goodness, Joy, take a minute and fill any further tidbits about your life. Absolutely. Andrew, first and foremost, it's a pleasure to be on my worst investment podcast. And I'm glad you reached out because it's a story that I hope is gonna help a lot of the audience. Speaking of me, tidbits, let's just start with the first thing. I'm just human flesh and blood as you are, as our audience is. The only difference possibly is why we are on this podcast, on your podcast together is neither of us have a mask on. We are as we are, we stand forward. Mm. And that leads me to say, my four key things that I'm really value in life after this 30 plus years of journey, honesty, integrity, kindness, and words. I'm going to share, start with this. We are on a podcast. We are communicating verbally. Words matter. So when I'm communicating verbally or I'm writing, and I'm a prolific writer, anybody who's interested can jump into my LinkedIn and find that out. I'm very particular about the words I use. Now, let's get back. Who am I? A little tidbit. Here's something a lot of people don't know about joy. Yeah, while my mission is to give you a bit of joy in your own life, I'm ethnically Indian. I'm technically British. I'm a British citizen. And my family is a mini UN, literally the Security Council by itself. So my wife and my younger two kids are Malaysian. I'm British. And my elder two, God bless their souls, are Indian. They're settled in Germany. That's a little bit of tidbit from my end. So we have a security council meeting. 
when the family gets together? When we have the family powwows in terms of major decisions, it is uh, right now it's been the last year and a half. Zoom calls every other month on anything major, including yeah. brothers going to school, not going to school online. So, yeah, yeah. it is literally that. Exactly. And I don't even I don't even take the vote. I just take the casting decision and go with it. There you go. It's interesting. You said honesty, integrity. What was the third one? Uh, honesty, integrity, kindness. Kindness. Okay, got it. I couldn't read my writing. I was writing it so fast. Kindness and words. Yeah. You know, that is really interesting. And, you know, there's some books about how to set goals and one of the different types of ways. I've actually, I've written a short, a short course called Don't Read These 36 Books. Mm. And that is basically 36 books that I have on goal setting and all that. And so one of those books talks about, you know, creating a vision. Yeah. And, you know, on the surface of it, a vision seems like a good thing. But what I do is I teach in another course I have called Achieve Your Goals, I teach about words. And I say, you've got to be able to verbalize what it is. So for instance, my goals, my bigger goals are, I want to be healthy, wealthy, and attractive. And then you've got to describe those words with good words. So what does it mean to be healthy, right? What it means to me to be healthy is my energy overflows every Beautiful. day. Beautiful. And what does it mean to be wealthy? Money flows to me. And what does it mean to be attractive? Well, for people that aren't watching, you can see I'm not going to win the most attractive you know, man in Thailand award. But what it means is I attract good things and good people. Brilliant. And, and no picture that I could produce could help me really get that clear. But also now you make me think that the benefit of words is that we can clearly communicate that in unequivocal method, right? Like a picture could be interpreted in a lot of different ways. I wanted to jump in here and digress slightly on this issue of words. We all know the saying, a picture speaks a thousand words. Great. But there's a flip side to it. And Andrew, you've done work on this area. We've written a book. And I'm, I come from communication, so I'm sharing this. You see, when we use words, why we have to be very, very particular. And I run a program all on communication for senior leadership in a mindset leadership course. Why we have to be clear is the words I'm speaking carry a weightage from my experience, from my data bank and my memory. Now, what I'm trying to express using that word is not exactly the same picture your brain is giving you from your data bank in your memory. Now, this is why I said I'm very, very particular about the words that I choose because communication isn't complete until you have transferred your essence and intent of that sentence as it is. You've transferred that picture from your brain to your recipient's brain. So, yeah, if you, I personally prefer, I couldn't draw to save my life, even if somebody held a gun to my head, but give me a pencil and a paper or anything to write with, and um, I will be able to draw out everything that you want to express and put it in words. Therefore, what I'm getting at is articulate your vision, because when you articulate your vision, you start re- questioning and clarifying and getting to clarity 
your own thinking. You go from conscious into the unconscious. And that's where, you know, you said, I attract the money. That's your definition of wealthy. So let me give you my definition of wealthy for our viewers to put it together. I am extremely wealthy. But by your definition, I'm a man on the street. I'm not a billionaire because I do not have eight digits in my bank. However, I have the love of my family. I have people that I can turn to who love and respect me. To me, that is a hum huge amount of blessings. As a human being, that is my wealth. I have been of some purpose so far in my journey. So again, words, you see, wealthy, what it means to you from your perspective is correct. Wealthy, what it means to me from my perspective is also correct. It's just two viewpoints looking at the same item from two different angles. That's, uh, it just makes you realize, you know, I like what you said about, you know, what is the intent that you're trying to get across with your words? And I think a lot of times, you know, I, I have another course I teach, which is how to be a great presenter. And with this particular course, I teach that words convey emotion. Absolutely. And in the world of finance, financial people love to talk about numbers. Yep. And I ask people to close your eyes and think about these words. So maybe we just do that right now. Let's say for the listeners out there, of course, if you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you're relaxing at home, close your eyes and, you know, think about Think, is this word positive to you or negative? Emergency. Probably negative, right? Let's think of a, another word like success. Probably positive. And then family. Well, in the audience, when I teach this line, I realize, okay, I had a really great family experience, but not everybody did. True. So that word has a different you know, meaning and a different intent. And there's a lot more behind that word for different people. And so finally I end the exercise by saying, okay, now concentrate very carefully. Think about your emotion. Is it positive or negative? And then I say that the number 15. And of course, numbers convey no emotion. No emotion. And so that's what I try to teach young people in the world of finance is that don't get caught up in numbers because they don't convey emotion. Well, spot on. It's great to get to know you and understand a little bit more about what you're doing. And I know I'm a testament to this. I reached out to you on LinkedIn and connected and we got together. And I know for the listeners, if you want to learn more, just reach out on LinkedIn and connect. And now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Happy to share this. And I hope, I'm glad, Andrew, you asked me to come on the podcast and to share this story because it's also something that's taken me the past year, the year of 2020, to work through. So what happened was, and you'll appreciate with this, you'll resonate, sorry, you'll resonate with this because we are of the same age and career experience, so you'll get it. It was October 2018. I had been on a job hunt for 10 months. I had finished my last seven-year stint on the January of that year. And like any default senior corporate executive, you have a default setting which says, take out your five-page resume, drill it down to a three-page resume, pick up that phone. And in our good old days, we would have gone through our Rolodex. And now you go through your phone contact and go boom, 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 boom. Joe, Henry, Harry, Larry, I'm here. Can I have a cup of coffee? And you meet them and you you know, try to get a referral, look for your new role. So I spent 10 months 
recruiters, job ads, job boards, referrals, networks. And I came out of a financial industry after seven years. It's on my LinkedIn resume. I had niched myself in extremely badly, if I may say. I should have left the industry like four years ago, but that's separate. So I was coming off this job hunt. And to give you a picture of my mindset, I had faced ageism. I had faced, you're too overqualified, sir. We can take you in, but you got to drop like, yeah, what's 55% of whatever you were grossing. I said, too high cost. Could you do a three-day week? Do you think you could work as an advisor, not full-time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so my mindset was, what happens after 32 years? You mean to say I have no value? You know, I've got a family. I'm a human being. And purpose is giving you my mindset. And the reason is never go into doing something when you're unable to work your mindset out. Andrew, you said you value, you cherish, and you're grateful that your health is your energy that you bring. It's so very important because what we radiate out, what's happening here, radiate out. We don't realize it. It's an unconscious behavior. Radiates out. And that was a mindset. That was the energy I was having at that point in time. And I went into starting a business venture. Now, just one more point before I did this. Much later, and as I said, literally it was during COVID internship, home, homebound, when I had time to really reflect, I realized that the decisions I was taking in October 2018, going into early 2019, were actually not driven by logic or strategy. They were partly driven by emotion. And the emotion was unfortunately fear. And the fear was acute financial pressure because my float was, I could see my float disappearing weekly. And you are a finance person. You know what I mean when you see that. My basic qualification is finance, though for 32 years, I never practiced finance. I've stayed in advertising, marketing, and corporate strategy. It was really humiliating to self to see your zeros just getting knocked off week on week, even and having to say no to your family, to your most loved ones. No, we can't do dinner this Friday night out. No, we can't do that shopping mall. We'll have to cut this, cut that, run it down to one car, park the other car, no fuel expense. All sorts of stuff. So it was a financial express. And it was in this mindset that I wouldn't say I jumped, but I was driven into a collaborative venture. And this collaborative venture was in business and corporate strategy, targeting corporates and mid-sized organizations in the SME groups, and with another partner who was similarly also out of work, out of Singapore. And the two of us had already ganged up. We were doing a, you know, Punch and Judy show, if I may call it, for those viewers who would remember from yesteryears back in UK. But we were basically accountability partners to each other, pointing jobs, trying to do referrals. And so through our network, in the first six to seven months, going into March, April of 2019, we had this fantastic referrals and we started doing a lot of projects in just planning for certain corporate activities. Great, you know, good money. You got 3,000, 5,000, 8,000 coming in. We were splitting it. Two of us were doing it online, no problems. So initially it was fine. And then we started a podcast, which is called Create the Edge. It's still available on LinkedIn. And a lot of time went behind that podcast. We started bringing people together to share their stories and their businesses, how they've made an edge in their business growth. 
the idea being the podcast would be the face it will get us visibility and therefore from there we'll generate engagement and my marketing hat was i wanted to get four retainer clients to arrive at our number to have a sort of foundation to grow from and uh, before we realized 2019 ended we had done 140 143 episodes we had done live you know with 50 people globally sort of a 16 hour live from this part of the world and whilst the whole objective was can we get a retainer fee so we have a steady cash flow because our cash flow was really erratic we were getting suddenly we'll have a month where we have four projects we're getting like 27 28000 and then this because you're delivering on those projects so you can't prospect you can't do your referrals and you have a couple of months down and then boom you know third month you're back into the cash crunch this was a scenario till literally february march last year 2020 i was absolutely burnt out i'm not a young pup and i come back to your point health and energy i'm healthy by god's grace i am blessed that i have health i don't have any major you know comorbidities that goes around this region by by god's grace and but i could realize the signs were coming when i knew i was just going to really fall flat on my laptop on my desk i have a family i have a responsibility and i said this far and no further i said boom stop and just as we were coming to that stop we were running our second season doing how to manage covid i told my partner i said i'm really sorry but when we stop this podcast we've also got to, we've got two projects we end the deliveries in april i'm out i really need a breather i got to take we got to regroup and everything so as covid came in i started realizing i didn't have a few things i was a consultant on site i was working projects in bangalore and dhaka and hyderabad and dubai and bahrain flying in flying out my my associate was doing the same on on the sales side and that was not a model that was going to work in covid when we are all being locked in and i didn't have a product i mean you know i don't have what today you have andrew like a online thing and literally my online programs are just has just come on come on stream about 45 days ago i mean you know i've just done a 3 day 2 hour session and i'm going into another one 3 day 2 hour session and i'm building my online from all of that learning so i didn't have the retail individual oriented service products and i everything was corporate skewed it was skewed to talk to the cxo the cto the cfo the ceo it was all corporate management team leadership lead into team processes and structures and execution so the world started going fully online from march april last year and that's when i had to take a pause i stopped i pulled out and when we pulled out my personal debt and it's it's i brought it down right now it's at 14000 us dollars paid it down from middle of last year to now and i'm i'm sharing this number openly is because it might not seem to be a large number 14000 us dollars but trust me when you make that transition from being a corporate executive to being i won't call it an entrepreneur but to being an independent consultant advisor business and you're running your own business everything here that you have at least for me i can only speak for myself all my knowledge of process structure leadership and policy of 30 years to be very honest was of no use when i started doing my own thing and the biggest and i'm jumping here a little bit and i'll share this part of the lesson 
what it taught me last year, that, that debacle, when we went in, because I had lots of high hopes. I knew what I'm doing today is going to shine. Mm. Last year, when mm. I knew it's going to shine, I put myself into a corner by saying, I'm going to make the shine in 365 days. I forgot being a planner. Take into account your environment, damn it. Do a simple SWOT audit that your environment is changing, your, your legalities are going to change. People are not behaving and doing work the way you've been used to for 30 years. I missed that bus, like so badly blindsided. I just missed it out of that sheer financial pressure, that fear. It just left me blinded with a, with a visor on. And the lesson was, it's not what do you know? It's not your expertise. You've got to understand where the pulse of your target audience is, which means you've got to understand who has a need that you can solve. That's simplistically put. You identify that, and that's what took me end of last year, first part of this year, literally four months to get going where I was working marketing, consulting, mainstream. I was doing B2C, B2B, e-commerce, you name it. I was stretching myself very thin because the financial pressures were driving me at that point in time. I said, oh, well, okay, focus. What's going to happen? Let's do some maths. Let's do some numbers. We crunched it down. I sat with my, as I said, my mini UN, you know, mm. my eldest is 28. And I said, dude, your old man needs some advice. It's your world. This is what I want to do. And today I'm, I'm really delighted that we speak as friends and confidence. He said, dad, You've got it right, but your approach is a bit wrong. Can you go A, B, C, D, E, drop the Roman I, two, three kind of stuff? And I said, thank you. Love you. Let's go do it. And that's when I started purely focusing on B2B. I realized the research that I had coming in, at least I could access, showed how human behavior is starting to affect B2B in terms of marketing, how the high value, you know, in financial B2B service especially, mm -hmm. and an investment sometimes has a, a very high cost. You know, the guys who are the six or eight guys in your investment committee that are sitting and making that decision to go with Andrew are literally laying their careers on the line if the returns are not going to be good. So how can you, that's where I come in. I actually come in to capitalize, to point out, to say, allay those fears. So as the best investment service possible, allay, how, how are you going to say and Andrew's credibility of 35 years and, you know, the, the work he's done in Thailand and, and the region helps build that up. Say, come, I mean, I'm getting into marketing right now, but you build it up and you focus on that B2B in terms of people. And that's where I've been since February of this year. And I must say today, those lessons are helping me because I am very picky about clients. Number one, number two, I do not take on more than four. I'm glad I have three at the moment because me and I have a remote remote team of four, we are able to service four clients full month, very comfortably. We are always in contact with the clients and we work it. So that's the nutshell of my worst ever investment. It's left me with a 14,000 hold still from close to 32,000. And well, Wait, it's, you're, you're almost I'm, gonna, out. I'm almost out. Yeah. I think the rest of the year I'll be able to recover from it. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think it's, it's great that you can share, you know, sincerely the struggle that you face, because I know many of the listeners have and are facing similar struggles. 
how many people in the last year or so have lost their jobs, their corporate jobs, they never thought they would ever lose. How many of those people have thought, okay, I'm going to do something on my own, or I'm going to try to create this and struggled with it. And so by listening to your story, I think it shares a lot. Now, one of the things that I take away too is this, I call it chasing revenue. Yeah. When you go into business, you think you're going to be doing this. You think you're going to be selling this. But the fact is, most of the time you're wrong. The market doesn't want what you think you, what value you think you bring. And then you have to pivot and then provide some other service. And sometimes you have to take jobs that are really, you know, take, they're ad hoc. They're not something that you could repeat. And so, you know, you just get frustrated. And I'd say, that's what I call chasing revenue. And I've been there. I am there right now sometimes, and I've been there in the past, and I know that it's just a challenge. And I think what ends up happening with any business is that I suspect what happens is that most of us go into business with what we think is a good idea, but we don't go into business saying, I wonder what would be good for people out there. You know, we we generate our idea of what we want to add to this world from inside, whereas, you know, by generating it from the outside and what other people want, we don't have to chase revenue as much. But I, I learned that very slowly and I still, you know, struggle. I, I recently, I've been teaching the valuation masterclass online for about five years. And I decided since COVID came and we were in kind of lockdown mode, I invited eight young people in Bangkok to my home, to my home office. Right. And I set up a classroom for eight people. For six weeks, I operated a boot camp. They had to be there on time at 7 a.m., doors closed, locked. They put their phone in a little box. They didn't get it until the break came. And then I taught them everything I knew from the valuation masterclass and coached them as they valued companies. And through the whole process, I got so close to them and got close to my customer, let's say. And what I learned you know, from that was that they want a transformation. They want to come into that course, not knowing really how to value a company, how to forecast a company. And they want to be able to come out of that and say, I can confidently do that. And so we worked hard to make sure they had a final project that was a final valuation project that now, and then they, they, we have a great videotapes of them presenting it. And I realized like that's, and then I realized that I'm starting to solve a problem that young people face. And that is the perennial problem of I can't get a job because I don't have experience and I can't get experience because I don't have a job. Yeah. Well, by working with me and helping young people to create that first valuation report, go through all the trouble and pain, but to be able to present that at a job interview is gold. And I wouldn't have come up with that if I hadn't had gold. spent the time with them for six weeks. And uh, so, yeah, I think there's the concept of chasing revenue and then the concept of trying to hone Start. in on, on what your market wants is such a, a great lesson. Uh, anything you would add to that? No, I mean, just to add the lesson, I couldn't echo more. Know what your market wants. One of the things in this know what your market wants is that, look, the world has changed in the last 18 months. And I'm not going to get into behavioral psychology, but whether we are 25 starting a career or you're at my age point at 58 and you think, look, at 58, I've got more fire than I had when I was 40 or I was, you know, senior vice president, I was CMO of higher educational institution, et cetera. The point here is it taught me my 
I'll use the word failure. It's not used usually, but I love looking at my failure because my learnings are not in my successes. Successes are repeat, repeatable, scalable processes that has helped me achieve a goal. But my learnings, growth has come from my failure. And here's my second lesson I would love to share with you, Andrew, and, my, and the audience, which is always remember who's on the other side of whatever you are doing. It's a, you, you're viewing this as a transaction. You're viewing valuation as a A and B, give and take. There's people. And this is why the tagline for my organization, it says people matter. Because, you know, at the end of the day, in, in my world of the B2B, we are a highly logic, fact, and data-driven decision makers. But let me tell you that. That is not how human beings behave. We are extremely illogical, emotionally driven animals who have a feel first, we decide, and then we retrofit logic into that decision. So you can look up psychology on this as much mm -hmm. as you want. That's my only lesson. I'll leave it. Mm -hmm. Remember the other person is a human being. Human beings are emotionally driven. So if you want, and now I'm coming into a bit into reverse psychology, if you want something to be done, don't give with the intent of getting it, but you must help understand what is going to make that other person look good, feel good, right? And I talk about this in my profile. So remember, this is the second lesson. There's a person behind a designation. There's a person behind a title. Go to that person. Find that person. Find the heart. That's what really helps in business, which is what brings me back to my, my story of why four clients? People have asked me, Joy, why four clients? Why don't you prospects when you've got a lead? I said, because I know my bandwidth. I'm not sitting here to be Jeff Bezos. Mm. I'm sitting here on a mission to turn 30 companies to be human in their marketing in the B2B world. Look, 30 companies. You're a numbers guy, Andrew. You can drill this down. It's two companies a month. Yep. A little over two companies, three companies sometimes. That's not a tall task. Why? Because I'm biting off what I can chew. That's all. That's where Great. it's at. Great. So based upon what you learned from this and you know what you continue to learn, I want you to think about, a, a, I normally say a young man or woman, but I want you to think about an older man or woman, a person who's got, you know, our hairstyle. Yep. I love mine, by the way. Yes, exactly. For the listeners out there, we're rubbing our bald heads. Mine is not bald by choice, unfortunately. So for, I want you to think about the person around our age who's just been bumped out of a job because of the crisis and all of that. What one action would you recommend that that person take to avoid suffering the same fate? Three words, four actually. Enhance your self-awareness. I purposely slowed my normal rapid fire speech to say that and I repeat, enhance your self-awareness. There is no other, even if you're down to your last thousand dollars US, use 950 of that to get yourself to understand what is your mindset, how your beliefs and habits impact your behavior, which actually impact your decision-making and your self-leadership. Enhance your self-awareness. That's people in our age bracket where you feel bumped off, number one. Number two, stop feeling sorry for yourself. You're more than a title, you're more than a designation, and that's in your past. You don't drive your car looking at the rear view mirror. You check the rear view mirror. When you stop, 
or you're crossing something or you're about to gauge how far is the other car. Don't drive with your eyes on the back. It ain't going to get you in the front. Mm. Great. Enhance your self-awareness. I invested exactly the amounts that I'm telling you to start off in 2019. This is one other learning. After a 32-year corporate and tons of leadership and skills and all of those workshops and everything, again, my growth has come from what I have been able to invest in myself. And it's actually led me to doing a collaborative venture. So please enhance your self-awareness. And I'll point you this way. Those who are Andrew's audience, you're listening to this podcast, reach out to him. He'll give you where to go and how to do even he can do it. Yep. Great. And uh, last question. I'm just writing down. Enhance your self-awareness. I love it. Uh, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? I've already mentioned this in passing, so I'm not going to labor on this. I've got two number one goals. From a business perspective, 30 B2B companies to be human. What I mean by that is to have their people, their employees, their customers, their buyers, their partners feel good. I'm part of the Worst Investment Podcast. <laughs> I'm part of humanizing business. Now, it's not woo-woo. A lot of people have said it. I've done this with my clients. That's my first objective, which is you really have a family bond happening between your brand, your company, and yourself in your roles as an employee, customer, buyer, or whatever. So that's my first goal. And that's my process in humanizing business. Personal perspective, to be very honest, and this is a little selfish one, I simply want the family to be together physically in one location for just a fortnight. Mm. I've been missing my daughter and my eldest one. It's been, it's on its third year. They were supposed to come home in 2020 for a month in, in Christmas and New Year, and it didn't happen. Now we don't know when travel is going to open. So that's, those are my two running big list number one goals for this year. Perfect. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. My number one goal for the next 12 months is to help you, my listener, reduce risk and increase return in your life. To achieve this, I've created our community at myworstinvestmentever.com. So join and also get the special discount for podcast listeners to my six-week valuation masterclass bootcamp. And as we conclude, Joy, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of AE Stotts Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Most kind of you, Andrew. My parting words is our golden rule, which you are aware of. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's it. It's been a principle all my life. I leave you with that. Remember, the other person in front of you is just a human just like you with fears, worries, hopes, and aspirations. Stay well, stay safe. Pleasure, Andrew. Thank you. Beautiful. And that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well fellow risk takers. This is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.